Hello and welcome to the Body Acceptance Podcast. This podcast is for women who struggle to love and sometimes even like their bodies and who want to build a more loving relationship with themselves through experiencing more joy, pleasure, and confidence. Each week we'll cover topics ranging from body image, intuitive eating, self-love, and so much more. If you're ready to learn practical tips and tools for loving the skin you're in, then you're in the right place. Let's get to it. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Body Acceptance Podcast. This week, I'm covering the controversial decision that Pinterest recently made to ban their weight loss ads. More on that in a moment, but before we get started, I just want to say welcome if you are a new listener. I am so excited to have you here, and if you are a longtime listener or maybe a repeat listener, I appreciate you coming back. Um, So, oh, I also want to remind you that the Body Acceptance book has less than two weeks before it is officially published. It is still available currently for pre-order, so you can look it up on Amazon or come find me on Instagram at Lauren M. Kendrick and I can send you the link. You can go on Amazon and just search body acceptance book. It's currently only available exclusively through Amazon Kindle. Not to worry if you don't have a Kindle. I actually don't either, but I just download the Kindle app on my phone and that's how I access all my eBooks. I'm just waiting to see how it does and, um, See if there are any edits that I want to make once I release it in ebook format before I release it in hardcover or um, not hardcover but paperback or you know print version. Because I know some of you have asked if I am going to have it available for print. As of right now, the answer is no. Um, but maybe in the future, that's something that we can look into. So the body acceptance book is pretty much a beginner guide through what body acceptance is and then how you can begin to navigate your way through making peace with your body and beginning to live in the body that you have now and take care of it from a place of self-love versus self-loathing. So the book guides you through different ways that you can uncover where your body image struggles really came from and your ideas about, you know, what health is supposed to look like or sound like or be like, and then how to create your own version of that. So I even guide you a few chapters into the book through ways that you can build sustainable healthy habits instead of constantly beating yourself up for feeling like you're not doing enough or you're on the wagon, off the wagon, or you have maybe that weekend mentality where you feel like you can be so good and disciplined throughout the weekend, you just kind of lose control on the weekends. So I offer different um, mindset shifts and tools throughout the book. And then the last chapter is a complete summary that's also doubles as a toolbox or a toolkit so that you can return to the book over and over again. Just flip to the last chapter and right there you have all these like frequently not necessarily asked questions, but like frequent problems or frequent struggles that you can go and it gives you some solutions, some common solutions. 
plus some insightful journal prompts to help you really get to the bottom of how you're feeling and use that as a way to propel the healing process on your journey. So again, you can find that on Amazon. I will also link it in the show notes. And then um, alternatively, you can come find me. <laughs> I felt so fancy saying that. Um, actually, I think the easiest way to access the book or find it would be to go to thebodyacceptance.com. So scratch everything I said. Just go to thebodyacceptance.com. That's the hub for all things body acceptance and you can find a link there. Alrighty, so let's talk about Pinterest. Okay, so I just realized after I recorded that intro that my um, mic was not working properly, so it was just my computer recording, so the intro audio was a little off. I listened to it and it sounded fine to me, but if it was quiet in a little places, just know that that error has been fixed and we should be smooth sailing from here on out. All right, so Pinterest. So I understand that this isn't, you know, the sexiest topic and um, maybe the average person wouldn't be interested in this, but if you are particularly invested in what it could look like in the future if we stop putting image and size and weight at the forefront of everything that we do as it relates to physical health, mental health, happiness, worthiness, confidence, what it could potentially look like. The reason I wanted to talk about this is because Pinterest making this decision was a really big step in changing the way that we relate to health and our bodies and as that relates to again weight and size and starting to change the conversation to become more inclusive i'll elaborate more on that later in the episode but before i get started i just want to talk about my thoughts on those who do sell weight loss and i'm primarily talking about the coaches so i went through To become certified as a health coach, I went through the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, and I understand how common it is for any, for most health professionals. I mean, even if you're a nurse or a doctor or even a dietitian, a lot of what we learn is centered around how to help your clients and your patients lose weight. That's why even after being certified as a health coach, I don't really identify as a health coach because I personally don't sell weight loss. I do talk about you know prioritizing health and, and habit change, which may lead to weight loss, but it's not a guarantee and it's not a promise that I offer because I know that there are so many more important things out there than just focusing on your weight. And I also know the repercussions of being so weight focused and um, having your, you having whether or not you follow through with, you know, your habits being based on whether or not you see results or changes in your weight. I think that developing healthy habits is a long-term game and it's not something that is always going to lead to weight changes. And for as long as we're so focused on weight, we're going to continue to see this inconsistency in, 
you know, how we are treating our own bodies and, and just the state of our health in at least the United States. I can't speak for other countries. Anyway, so my thoughts on those who do sell weight loss, I truly believe that most of the time though those people are doing what they believe is best. They believe that they're bettering, you know, the lives of others and and um and communities and things like that. And I totally respect that. And in some cases, especially if it's not a super restrictive plan or approach um or you know, I don't know. It's very it's it's complicated. I do I do believe that these are people who think that they're doing something positive. And I know this because I used to help people lose weight and I really thought that I was making a big difference. And where things fell short and where I started to realize that something was off is I would help people lose weight and then they wouldn't keep it off. And so they'd come back to me for more advice. And it was like a short term, they would achieve short term success. I even once was paid for someone that I worked with. She paid me to to prep all of her meals, uh, breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks, and then to um, hold her accountable for exercising and things like that. And she successfully lost weight after our first month or a few weeks in even and and she was so excited and I thought it was cool you know and and then I quit doing I quit prepping for her and she said oh I just need you like I gained all the weight back I just need you I just need someone to always cook for me and I realized like I'm not really empowering her and I'm not really helping her if I'm almost enabling her um, by not giving her long-term tools to actually change her habits to get to the bottom of like what's going on and to realistically overhaul her life. So, um, yeah, a little bit of a tangent about that. I do, I do have a problem with large corporations who do know better, who have people within the corporations who know better, but they know that this is their money maker and they don't want to lose their money. I don't have respect for those people. Uh, and if you don't know the diet industry, I think last I heard was a, is a $72 billion a year industry. And people are consistently having to come back to these corporations for more because it, it again, they it doesn't work long term. And that's how they continue to make their money by making you feel like who you are right now is not enough and that in order to be enough you need to lose weight or change your body and so pay them and they'll tell you exactly what to do and what to eat instead of actually getting to the root of what's really going on and helping you recognize that maybe the weight is not the issue here um so anyway as i talk through on this episode i want you to know that these are my personal beliefs around weight loss ads Uh, seeking weight loss in general, and I totally understand that this is a very controversial topic. So I want you to know that I'm coming at, I'm coming to the table with the utmost love, and I'm speaking my truth based on my experiences and what I feel my mission is, is, you know, to make the conversation of health more inclusive and to help people realize that you can live your life now 
and you don't have to wait like we need your gifts and we need you to show up as the most you know expressed version of yourself because you have you have gifts to offer the world and as long as you're fixated on your weight you're not going to be able to live out your purpose in this life we need more people in the world who are lit up who are living out their purpose and so i feel that dieting and focusing so much on how you look holds you back that's a full-time job there is a much bigger mission for you and you are worthy as you are right now and yeah that's how i feel so if you're listening to this and you happen to sell weight loss or on the contrary if you've recently bought into a program that does promise weight loss i want you to know like please don't feel ashamed or judged because as i've said i understand how complicated this all is and for many of you uh, who do sell weight loss especially geared toward women I know that you do make a difference beyond just weight loss and maybe you use the term weight loss in your marketing because you know that it's a buzzword and it's the your buzzwords and it's the easiest way to make sales. I totally get that and I personally have gone back and forth on whether or not I should use that language in my own marketing because it speaks to people and it gets people's attention and that's what people think that they want more than anything else. Um, I have personally also decided to not use that language because I feel that it is manipulative for me in the position that I'm in to do that. So I won't. But like I said, I understand how, uh, why you would choose to. Um, and so later on in this episode, I'm going to talk about alternative language that you can use in your marketing. And this is only if you truly do offer a product that's not seeped in diet culture, you know, that's maybe weight neutral. Uh, I'll also explain how you can tell the difference. Um, but you know how you can still make a difference in your clients lives and help them achieve better health without having to put any sort of focus on their weight or body size to help them break free from that. And again, if you do sell weight loss, I'm not asking you to completely throw your business away. I don't think that's realistic, but if you do listen to this episode and you feel called to make a change. What you can start to do is educate yourself on diet culture, on fat phobia, the harm of restrictive diets and meal plans, and educate yourself so that you can use the information to begin to shift your practice into a more health-promoting and inclusive direction. Some good resources to start is by reading Body Kindness by Rebecca Scritchfield and Health at Every Size by Dr. Lindo Bacon. Um, Rebecca Scritchfield is a registered dietitian and body kindness is all about, um, it's all about bringing together gentle nutrition and positive um, habits and learning. It's kind of like, it's a lot like body acceptance, really, <laughs> just reframed in a different type of way and obviously a lot more centered around um, nutrition and things like that. So if you have bought into diets, 
meal plans, weight loss programs, and so on. I'm also going to talk about some ways that you can start to make changes in your life that honor your health without restricting or counting or obsessing. So let's just start with my initial thoughts. I'm going to explain what's going on in case you haven't even heard what Pinterest decided to do and why. So here's what's happening. So Pinterest recently announced the ban of all ads that include weight loss language and imagery. So far up to this point, Pinterest is the only major platform that's made this choice. And so according to a post that I found um, from Jenna Kutcher, um, the platform will not allow ads with testimonials about weight loss products or ads referencing BMI or similar indexes. This also includes uh, ads that idealize or denigrate certain body types. So here is a statement that Pinterest released regarding the change. It's an expansion for our ad policies that have long prohibited body shaming and dangerous weight loss products or claims. We encourage others in the industry to do the same and acknowledge once and for all that there's no such thing as a one-size-fits-all. Another statement from head of policy, Sarah Brahma, says the platform is focusing on the consumer's emotional and mental health and well-being, especially those directly impacted by eating disorders or diet culture or body shaming. So who does this change mainly affect? It affects companies who make unfounded or unrealistic claims. So companies who sell things like skinny teas or magic pills and overnight fixes, shakes or supplements, belly bands, and things like that. It does not prevent the sharing of content about weight loss without paid ads. So you can still create and share pins about weight loss. But what it's doing is encouraging its users to view and approach health beyond weight and size. I personally think that it's a really big win for the body positive community whose mission is to change societal and individual perceptions of weight, size, and appearance to be more accepting of all bodies regardless of their diverse characteristics. I think it's also a big win for those in eating disorder recovery so they don't have to be exposed to these ads every time that they log into social media. So these are the changes that we have been looking for when it comes to breaking out of diet culture. If you're unfamiliar with what diet culture is, it refers to a set of beliefs that values thinness, appearance, and shape above health and well-being. So that's those are my, that's my initial, you know, thoughts when I saw this. I thought, wow, like what a big win for um for just moving the conversation of health forward as it relates to actual mental and physical well-being versus outer appearance. So the next question becomes, is it okay for Pinterest to censor their creators in this way? So a few months ago, there was some controversy around um, social media, certain social media platforms banning certain people from being on there or posting or anything like that and 
the bottom line, so, you know, I have mixed feelings even when that happened, but the bottom line is that companies have the right to refuse service. So, you know, Facebook and Instagram and Pinterest, they're companies, they're corporations. They have the right to refuse service in the same way that any other corporation would. So we may not like it, but this is the freedom that we cling to value so much as Americans. And as a result, this is what comes with it. My personal feelings about social media censorship is that, you know, I think we should be able to share different facts, beliefs, opinions, things like that. But where the water becomes murky is when it be when it's harmful and when the information it's like misinformation that's being spread and it becomes harmful and you know promotes violence or encourages people to be violent or harmful to themselves or others. And so, you know, that's the difficult thing too with social media and if you have such a large platform you know maybe you have millions of followers and you're spreading misinformation i do think that you should be shut down now who decides that it's misinformation um and how they decide is the more complicated part but my overall initial feelings about that is you know um is that we really should be careful about who we allow to spread to have such a large platform to spread such information. So, um, yeah, so weight loss ads themselves are harmful. I do believe that, which is also why I think that this is a win. So there's an article that I will also link in the show notes that talks about the damaging mental health impact of weight loss advertising. It's from Metro UK and um, it's called The Damaging Health Impact of Weight Loss Advertising. So here's some direct or a few points from the article. So there's a direct quote from eating disorder specialist Julie de Rohan and she says, these adverts remind us relentlessly how we fail to measure up to their ideal and tell us we have to do something about it or we're simply unacceptable. So that's kind of what I was saying earlier about how weight loss company or companies who sell weight loss have a way of telling you that your body is not okay the way that it is right now and it's not going to be okay until you change it. Have you ever seen uh, like posts on social media or people who talk about their weight loss where they say, I felt, I felt, um, I felt, I didn't have any energy and I felt disgusting in my body and I couldn't fit in my clothes and I was, I didn't have any confidence. So I did something about it. And what I did is I lost weight and there it's supposed to be super motivational, but what they really did in this case is to, um, is they, you know, what their version of doing something about it was not deciding to work on their inner worth and um, work on feeling better through, you know, moving their body more or sleeping better or managing stress. It was, I didn't feel good because mainly because I didn't fit societal norms of what somebody should look like. So I changed that and now I do fit the mold. And so now I feel better because I do fit the mold. 
Um, and that's what at weight loss advertisements remind us of is that in order to feel good enough, we need to look different. So most weight loss ads include pictures of the quote unquote ideal body size or type, and they, that can promote shame among those who don't look that way. The ads can fat shame and often do. They target women, telling them they're supposed to be able to mold their body into the same size and shape, which is not realistic for most. Um, and then in the article, Julie also raises the important point that the ads promote an attitude to food that is outright psychologically unhealthy, which can encourage people to go to unhealthy extremes to lose weight. So the overall emphasis becomes about weight and not necessarily health. And that's a problem. So Julie ends the article by saying, in reality, the best thing we can do if we want a peaceful relationship with food is to reject diet culture, dismantle our diet mentality, and learn to trust our bodies again. And I love that because that's completely the mission of body acceptance, uh, health at every size, intuitive eating, body kindness, like I was talking about earlier. And then you know, for you personally and your maybe relationship to hearing weight loss ads. So if you really, you know, you think about it, why are you listening to this podcast? You probably are listening because you want to learn more about body acceptance, right? And the premise of body acceptance is learning to be kind to your body and to reject and be able to notice any ideas that encourage you to harm your body for the sake of changing it so that it will be deemed more acceptable in the eyes of society. So in other words, you're listening because you're tired of fighting against your body and you want to learn how to actually sustainably improve your health, confidence, etc. So if I sat here on this podcast and talked about accepting your body in its current state, but at the same time, I promoted weight loss tactics. So I said, oh, your body is fine as it is, but let me show you how to lose weight. That would be conflicting, right? That wouldn't really align very well. So as I've said before, I could make a lot of money by selling weight loss as a product. I could sell you a weight loss program. I could easily create one. I know how. We all know how to lose weight, right? But because of everything that I've learned over the years about fat phobia, diet culture, uh, what your weight actually says about your health, it would be unethical for me to sell programs promoting weight loss. So here's why I personally believe there's an issue with advertising weight loss, whether you're a health professional, a coach, a trainer, anything like that. So first of all, you enforce the belief within your clients that their sole focus should be on weight loss in order for them to improve their health or become more confident or reach any of their goals. And the ways that we have learned to go about losing weight include restrictive and obsessive behaviors. These behaviors that are proven to lead to disordered eating patterns and for many actually lead into full-blown eating disorders. So a diet is the gateway 
into a full-blown eating disorder. And a diet is not just something that is specifically said, this is a diet. There are so many forms of dieting and the easiest way that you can really tell if you're dieting or not is if you're going against your nature, what your body is you know, trying to say to you in order to try and change the size of your body. So a diet is something that say you lose weight and then you stop doing it and you gain all the weight back. That was a diet, no matter what the behavior is. Um, so again, advertising weight loss, it adds to the message around size and health that we're already constantly inundated uh, with inundated with, sorry. So when you're in the process of healing your relationship with your body and you constantly see advertisements about weight loss, that can make the process really challenging because we're literally conditioned to believe that weight loss and achieving the quote unquote perfect body should be one of the core purposes of our lives. And the problem becomes that we don't think we're worthy until we get there. And so we get so desperate and we decide we'll stop at nothing to get there. But then what happens is so many of us get stuck in that cycle for a majority or even for the entirety of our lives. Okay, so you may be listening to this and maybe you want to pursue body acceptance, but you also want to lose weight or you're in the process of losing weight or maybe you've had a positive experience with weight loss and you're wondering like, Lauren, what's wrong with wanting to pursue weight loss? And I think that's a great question. So first of all, you all know that I am about autonomy, meaning you make whatever decisions for your body that you feel are right. And only you know what the right decision is. So I want everyone to honor what feels best for themselves. At the same time, I choose to offer an alternative option because I know that a lot of people are still suffering by being fixated on their weight and trying to count calories and do all these things that just don't seem to be working. So I I like to offer an alternative viewpoint and solution. I also want to say that I'm not against weight loss. I'm not against people losing weight. I understand how complicated it can be also to want to lose weight. I personally still think about my desire to lose weight often. Like I, at least once a week, I swear, like come up with a plan in my head of how I'm gonna lose weight. And sometimes I'll say like, fuck this body acceptance stuff. I just wanna lose weight. And then I have to reground myself and, you know, remind myself of what's true. So that being said, I totally understand where the desire comes from. There is a deep conditioning in our society. And part of that conditioning is the weight loss ads that we see and we hear all the time. It's like we're being programmed. And so that's why I feel that it's so important to begin to change the conversation around weight and weight loss. So, um, and, and to also understand that weight loss or weight gain, either one, any changes in weight are, is most often a result of maybe a physiological change such as aging, hormonal shift, illness, or so on and so on, or like a change in habits. 
So from what I know and what I've learned about the correlation between weight and health, your weight is a byproduct of your habits. Obviously, as I said a minute ago, there are other factors that play into that, genetics, environment, um, hormones, uh, all that stuff. But I also know that everyone has a different set point weight. And a set point weight is the weight that your body wants to be at in order to function optimally and to feel best. It's the weight that your body can maintain effortlessly without having to count calories, weigh food, and things like that. It's also the weight that your body tends to return to between diets. And that's something I think about too as I have those desires to lose weight because maybe I'm not happy with my external appearance. I think, you know, I feel so much better and more energized and confident and clear than I ever did back when I was engaging in dieting behaviors for the pursuit of weight loss. So anyway, the, with back to the correlation between weight and health, um, knowing what I've just said, it means two things. The best way to get your body to its healthiest weight is through positive habit change. Um, and so the problem with most weight loss programs is that they offer a one-size-fits-all either plan or mentality. So the focus becomes on weight and progress is measured by a number that you just really don't have a lot of control over. Yes, you can intentionally lose weight by manipulating your food, like what you eat and the exercise that you do. But as I said before, if you're going against what your body wants or needs in order to make that happen, it's not gonna be sustainable. And normally what happens when people use those methods in order to lose weight is yes they lose the weight successfully not long after or maybe a little bit long after they regain the weight and more because the body is wired to fight any sort of famine and the body views dieting as a form of famine so the body is literally wired to fight weight loss efforts because they are detected as famine and starvation and your body is designed solely for survival. Unfortunately, we haven't really evolved past the need to survive, even though we don't have to survive in the way that we may have in the past. So the question here then becomes, what's the difference between intentional weight loss and just weight loss or unintentional weight loss? So unintentional weight loss, um, as I said before, I do have a desire to lose weight for all sorts of reasons, and it varies over time what that reason is. It's really hard for me to ignore or fight against my desire for weight loss. I used to try that, and it, you know it kind of backfired. So instead of shutting myself down or invalidating my desire, I just, I get realistic with it. And so I, if I do want to lose weight, again, I have that desire say in the back of my head, I first of all, don't pursue it as a goal because I don't even know what I weigh. I stopped weighing myself. I threw my scale away. Um, 
five or six years ago. And the only time I get weighed, the only reason I know what I weigh is when I go to the doctor. And even then, I don't have to allow the doctor to weigh me. I just am no longer triggered by numbers. So I'm okay with knowing how much I weigh, but I am not gonna wake up in the morning and weigh myself. So anyway, so when I have that desire to lose weight that won't go away, I get to the root of what it is that I really do want. So do I want my clothes to fit differently? Do I want to feel more comfortable in my body? And usually for me, it's a combination of those two things. That's what I'm going through right now. And so I also realize that what I'm wanting overall is just to feel better. Something is feeling off and I want to feel better. So when I recognize that, here's what I do instead. I take inventory of my current habits. So I think about things like, am I eating in a way that honors both hunger, not just physical hunger, but cravings? Am I satisfied with what I'm choosing to eat? Am I paying attention and mindfully eating so I can actually enjoy the experience and feel like I've eaten? Am I listening and tuning into my body? Have I been drinking enough water? Am I consistent? Have I been consistent in moving my body or exercising? What are my stress levels looking like? Those are just some things I take inventory in. And once I do that, it's usually pretty easy to pinpoint where there are changes that need to take place, what tweaks that I need to make. And once again, I get realistic about the process. So I don't try and overhaul everything at once. I just pick one or two simple changes that I can make right away. And so once I do that, once I decide what things that I need to tweak, I focus on the habits and usually end up feeling better and resolving the problem, whether or not weight loss is achieved. So often we kind of feel uncomfortable or bad in our bodies and we think that the only way we'll feel better is through losing weight, when really there are just a few habit tweaks that we can make and we'll feel better. So if it were the other way around and I was only focused on weight loss like I had been in the past, I would feel like a failure even if I did change things and I felt better, maybe I had more energy or something, but I would feel like it was all for nothing if I didn't achieve my weight loss goal. And see how that works? You'll actually make positive changes and you'll be feeling really good and confident and comfortable in your body and then you step on the scale and you see maybe your weight actually went up and all of a sudden it's like oh what's the point of all that it's not working I give up and that's the problem with focusing on weight versus habits so here's the biggest way you can gauge if something is a diet or what I like to consider intentional weight loss So the question that you want to ask yourself when you're starting a new habit or tweaking the way that maybe uh, making some changes with how you relate to food or your behaviors around food or exercise, the first thing you always want to ask is, is this something that I can keep up for life? And I always ask myself this question before I make any sort of habit change. And what people often say to me is, oh, I'll just do this for a short period of time or until I reach my goal, once I lose weight, that's it. And once I lose weight, I'll just, you know, even things out. But first of all, in order to sustain your progress or weight loss, you're, pro- you're going to have to continue whatever habit it was that you've started. 
This is exactly why you find yourself on a diet, off a diet, back and forth, back and forth. Also, doing that is just like slapping a Band-Aid on something without doing the inner healing. You're basically wasting your time. You're just trying to um, help yourself, I guess, at a surface level, but you're going to continue going back to the behaviors and thoughts and patterns that you were at in the first place. And I think about this all the time when I watch my 600 pound life. So that show is all about people who get surgery and fight themselves and others really to change the way that they eat. And they do this in a really unrealistic way. And, um, what I notice when I watch that show is that they never actually work on getting to the root of why they struggle so much with their relationship to food or why they don't value themselves or how they allow themselves to get to that point. They think that the cure is just changing the way that they eat and then exercising, like fighting against themselves and forcing themselves to eat things they don't want to and do exercise that feels painful. And that's why it doesn't last because there's so much more to it than that. I actually saw one person on a season I recently watched that actually did go to a therapist and started to get to the root of like what was really going on. And this person saw so much more transformation and progress because they chose to do that. And, you know, this is why... Um, this is why about 50% of bariatric surgery patients regain their weight within 24 months of surgery. And I always think about how would things change if they had a health coach or a therapist or some sort of weight neutral health professional to guide them through the process and to teach them how to actually transform from the inside out and just kind of leave weight to the wayside and see what happens. So again, you can have a desire for weight loss and have that in the back of your mind, but put it on the back burner and prioritize other things such as mental health or gaining more energy or feeling more comfortable in your body. Um, so what can you do as a health professional then to help someone improve their overall health and to feel better? And then what can you look at? So if you're not a health professional helping people um, but you're someone who is looking for a health professional to help that's going to be, you know, weight neutral and not push the idea that you need to lose weight or change your size. What can you look for as a potential client? So as a professional or someone who, uh, wants to help others improve their lives and their health, instead of, you want to change the language. So instead of advertising weight loss, you offer your clients exactly what it is that they want. And you may have to do some digging and research on what exactly it is that they want because for every single person, there's something below the surface of that weight loss goal. So you have to figure out what that is. And when you do this, you're going to attract some really great aligned clients, you know, or you can even niche down on a specific outcome from working with you after figuring out what it is that people that come to you often really want. Do they want more energy? Do they want better sleep, improved confidence? Uh, and all of that can be achieved through realistic habit changes. And again, here's some realistic outcomes that you can offer based on that. Better sleep, less stress, improved energy, stronger mind-body connection, hormonal balance, 
Um, and again, instead of the goal being weight loss, get clear on what they really want. Is some, are you wanting to help somebody train for a marathon? Cook at home more often. Learn to eat delicious and nutritious foods more often. Get comfortable in a gym setting. Improve their relationship to themselves. Develop a more positive relationship with food. Learn to speak more lovingly to themselves. There are so many options and these are all very tangible for almost anyone and sustainable and offers lifelong results and improvements. So those are things too as a potential client that you can look out for is people that talk about actual results and outcomes of working with them aside from weight loss. So you as a potential client get clear on what it is that you want, what's below your desire for weight loss. You can go after those things directly and have them whether or not your body changes, whether or not you lose weight, gain weight, whatever. You can have what you desire without the focus being on weight. So my overall thoughts and conclusion here is that I like that Pinterest is challenging not only their creators, but in the process, challenging their users to reject diet culture and find a different way. I also, at the same time, fear that some companies are just going to get smarter and more manipulative with their marketing tactics as a result of this. So for example, Noom actually advertises as a non-diet intuitive eating approach when they are not non-diet, not intuitive eating. First of all, intuitive eating is not centered around weight loss and should not be promoted in that way. And they are diet because they have their um, their users eating often 1,200 calories. That's what I hear most often is 1,200 calories a day, which is what is recommended for a toddler. And you need more than that. So I, uh, yeah, so I hope it doesn't encourage companies to start lying because that also makes it harder for people like me to create and sell programs that genuinely do offer this result that I'm talking about. Um, and maybe, so maybe it's going to become harder to tell the difference when you're getting into a program. This is why we as consumers need to become smarter and why I'm educating you right here on what to look out for. And that is the education component is a main contributing factor in why I do these episodes. Again, I told you earlier in the episode, it's not really a sexy topic, but it's really important to talk about. I also finally want to say that I hope it encourages us as a whole to look within and discover what's truly important to us. I hope we can learn to start to honor our bodies and health without harming ourselves in the process, just so that we can look differently. So that is all I have for you this week. And I hope you have learned something or it's, you know, made you think if you are triggered or upset or anything from the episode, that's okay. You can ask yourself, what is it that has upset me or triggered me? Or, you know, that your trigger is often a sign to dig deeper. So pay attention to what that's telling you and sort it out. If you need help sorting it out, come find me on Instagram at Lauren M. Kendrick. Let's have a conversation. If you want to share your aha moments with me 
Or maybe you don't want to talk to me at all and you just want to share this episode with a friend, then you can share it on your stories and tag me or just send the link to someone who you think would benefit. Anyway, thanks again for listening. I'll talk to you again next week. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Body Acceptance Podcast. Be sure you're subscribed wherever you listen so you don't miss when a new episode drops. If you love this podcast, I would so appreciate if you'd leave a review. The more positive reviews I have, the more this podcast can reach women like you who are in need of this message. Let's create a ripple effect and inspire more ladies to love themselves. And as always, feel free to share this episode with a friend or tag me on your Instagram stories at Lauren M. Kepler to let me know you're listening. Can't wait to chat with you again next week, but until then, remember that you're worthy and beautiful as you are right now.